Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You are listening to Steel Talking, and I'm excited to have you join us tonight. And if you've never listened to this show before, I'm looking forward to you listening to this particular interview. Why? Because it's talking about AI. Let me tell you about the, the teacher that really has written this book and knows a lot about it. It says here, as students head back to school, an emerging tool they can make use of is artificial intelligence. There's concern in some industries that AI is providing more problems than solutions. That's one of my concerns as a parent and a grandparent. Should teachers and parents have those same concerns? I say yes. Award-winning teacher and curriculum coordinator John Fila tackles this in his new book, Embracing AI, Beyond the Basics Strategies for Educational Transformation. And he's joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to give us a few pitfalls and tell us why things aren't as gloomy as they seem. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is the conversation that is being had just about in every space. People are right. wondering, what is it? Why do we need it? What is this? We've been talking about AI years ago when there were movies coming out about it, like early 70s. So if it's been around for a long time, what has been happening with AI? Well, I think when, when people think of AI right now, what we're really talking about are these large language models like ChatGPT, Google Bard, or Claude that are trained on massive amounts of information and, and while we've always had some ability to kind of search through large amounts of data, these are able to answer our questions in a way that sound more like us. And so I think it, on some level, it, it might freak people out a little bit that they're not just hearing that computer-generated voice or just seeing maybe a response that seems a little cold, that these things actually sound more like humans. So, so it is different than anything we've really ever encountered before. Exactly. And this is what's making parents specifically really nervous. Sure. Teachers as well. Would you say as a teacher that you too were, were concerned at one time? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm still concerned. But, you know, last November or December, I started to notice some, some pretty unusual assignment submissions. And so um, I just really started to dive into what was happening. And, you know, what I'd rather focus on is why students are choosing these tools over doing some of the other assignments themselves. I mean, we've always had a certain percentage of students that's just looking um, maybe for, for an easier solution or to get some of their work done early. But I think we're facing more challenges 
with our student populations than we've ever had before because of uh, rising anxiety and mental health issues. So it, it's no surprise to me that they would want to lighten their workload in some way that, you know, for especially for assignments that they may not feel personally connected to or that has any kind of real-world relevance for them. You know, here's the thing for me. The first word I think of when someone says, oh, AI, we're in the midst of it now, is that, okay, what does that really mean for me as an adult versus a child versus a teenager versus your grandparents? Yeah, I, so I guess I'll, I'll start with the, with the child. Um, you know, if we want to prepare learners for being able to, you know, perform well in just about any career field moving forward, we, we really need to get a handle on what the appropriate uses of these kinds of tools are. Um, you know, because they're being integrated in just about every walk of life, you know, it's in our interest to make sure that young people know what they are, what they're capable of, what, what we need to be wary of. Um, you know, for, for older generations, you know, I think what's a little bit scary is that more and more people are starting to sound like the bots they're interacting with on social media. So we also need people to understand that they, when they're interacting with various help desks or, or chats that they may, they may not be actually talking to a real person uh, and they think they are. So that can lead to more frustration or maybe not quite feeling heard or like their answers are being um, provided to them. So, you know, the different maybe approaches I would take depending on the generation of learner. I actually encourage students to use it, but I have a whole list of things that I'd like them to do before they submit the work, you know, a lot of times when students are just using AI for their assignment submissions, they won't even read the submission. I'll see the AI referring to itself within the submission, which is a pretty clear giveaway. But um, what, I'm, what I'm most interested in is seeing how the students take the AI response and then craft something that sounds more like them out of that initial rough draft. And what have you learned? Well, you know, I think... For me, what I've learned is that maybe some of the assignments that I was giving in the past weren't really all that important, right? So most people, once they're out of school, aren't sitting around writing essays. So as an English teacher, I need to think about what, how do I really want students to verify that they've learned the information that I'd like them to learn? How do they demonstrate the skills that, that are required of them? And, and maybe simple written responses just aren't the way to do that anymore. Or, and, you know, maybe they never were. But, you know, in education, you know, tradition kind of takes over and we, we do what we were taught. We do the things the way we've always done them. So for me, it's been exciting to just look at new ways of getting around these models um, to support my own work. And I think, you know, if students see teachers using AI to do things like, you know, lighten their own workload and do some of their work for them, students are really good at spotting hypocrisy over just about anything else. So if if they see us using it and we tell them they can't, then we've got a real problem on our hands and, and maybe a loss of trust and, and it's harder to build that kind of relationship. So I do want to work with learners, talk about how I'm using it, and talk about, you know, ways in which they can use it to maybe ease some of their burden as well. You know, I, I want to remind our listeners that we are listening uh, and talking with John Fila, author of a book called Embracing AI, Beyond the Basics, Strategies for Educational Transformation. To me, what this little bit that I have so far makes me sit up tall 
and try to figure out, Jarlin, where do you even begin at my age, right? The children are used to constantly reading and learning, right? I'm, I've got to finish my master's degree. I'm just <laughs> three months away from that, right? Great. Yeah. But at the same time, it seems like the children and the teenagers know way more than the adults. And that could be a problem. Am I correct? I'm not so sure I agree with that. I think, um, you know, there's some misconceptions about how good young people are with technology. But I think, you know, what they're better at is being fearless around technology. So they're not afraid to jump in and try something and see how it aligns with what they're already doing. And I think adults are a little more hesitant to do those things. I don't think young people are necessarily all that gifted when it comes to, you know, crafting interesting prompts in a way that gets good responses from AI. You know, um, I, I don't really care for a lot of the default kinds of responses without some careful consideration about how do we really generate the kind of answers we want to see. So, you know, for instance, you know, a teacher could have AI write a lesson plan, write a study guide, write a quiz. But if, if the AI was trained on certain practices and um, procedures that that aren't that don't make good sense pedagogically, like they're just not good teaching practices or things like learning styles or brain-based learning, you know, we're going to get garbage back. So if, if we just prompt for a response, get the response and use it, that's not what we're looking for. So, so for instance, um, the district I work in, Intermediate District 287, you know, we embrace things like social emotional learning and um, creating diverse perspectives so that students see themselves reflected in the, in the curriculum they're using. So when I'm working with AI, I'm asking for things like um, accessibility, universal design for learning. Uh, I'm looking for things that are more using more inclusive language or using um, SEL to be more encouraging in the assignment directions themselves. So I want to make sure that I'm I'm using kind of the best practices that I'm aware of to get good responses. And if I do that, I can get something that helps lift some of the burden when I'm writing curriculum. Um, but if I'm just asking a question about writing a lesson, well, then I don't get anything that's any that's substantially different from what I get now. So I'm really excited about how do we push on it? How do we identify bias? How do we use it to kind of move things forward in a way that, that are, that's more inclusive uh, in, instead of some of the, you know, practices that we see maybe in, in some other states right now where they're actually locking down curriculum that includes multiple perspectives and diverse voices. What amazes me is that many of the questions that you just presented very quickly, it's amazing. We have had to deal with those same questions, uh, not with AI, but now it's AI. And it feels as though we are... Uh, renewing all of those questions, but in a, the, the lens of AI, when you don't even understand it, can you imagine how long it would take the rest of the world to get on board, even the rest of America, for us to really get on board and understand AI? But here's the thing for me. I don't understand why we need it. Mm. Yeah, so I guess I could give you a couple of ideas around that. So at least in the education profession, um, it would take, let's say, a group of English language arts teachers quite a few hours to go through all of the educational benchmarks when, when new ones are adopted, identify which ones are the essential ones, how we're going to build everything out, writing assessments for those things, writing student-friendly language around them. 
And with AI, we can do all of that in a matter of a few minutes. You know, if, if I do all of that with a team, that could take a few days. And now if I use AI to do some of that heavy lifting up front, now I can spend that time with my colleagues kind of arguing, debating, having deep conversations around what this looks like for our student populations and our different programs. And so now our cognitive load is really freed up to have important conversations about how we reach learners instead of doing some of the uh, maybe the paperwork and, and some of the deep dive into what the benchmarks are. So if you have some expertise in areas around uh, equity and inclusion or accessibility or writing curriculum, you know, the, the review of the AI responses now becomes a small part of your job rather than a big focus of your job. And, and all we have to do outside of education is just have people start to have these kinds of conversations with tools like ChatGPT. So, you know, for instance, I'm writing a comic book right now, and, and I don't know a lot about the industry, but if I ask ChatGPT for some ideas around how do I market this comic book, it's going to give me a lot of insights that I wouldn't have necessarily had on my own. So now I can go explore those avenues rather than trying to spend all of my time researching ideas and how to do these kinds of things. So I think there's a balance. And the, the best way, I think, to overcome some of the fear around it is just to you know open up an internet browser and ask it a question, start using it. It's now integrated directly into the search platforms that most of us use. So we're, we're likely using it already and don't even know it. Which in, in, in my mind, that sounds so ridiculous because I don't understand <laughs> it. I do know that there are ways that we can all be taught uh, no matter what the age is, if we have right. our, you know, our minds and, and we can just understand it. It all depends on who's delivering the message. Um, real quickly, I want to tell you, when I read about your book, and it says that the book provides insightful decision points, hands-on tasks, and real-world examples, making it an invaluable guide for educators, administrators, and policymakers keen to harness AI's potential for progressive educational landscape. So here's the thing. I am none of those things. I'm not an educator. I'm not an administrator. Sure. I'm not a policymaker. How do I benefit from this? I, I think how you benefit is uh, what well, you mentioned as a parent or a grandparent. And, and what, I, what I'm interested in as a parent as well is how are the districts my children are in using these tools? And I want them to be as transparent as possible. And how are they pushing back on some of the biases inherent in the AI, in how they were trained, and maybe even the programmers themselves? And what are they doing to ensure that what they're using these tools for aren't just spreading these implicit biases around, um, you know, maybe at, at faster rates than we were able to before. So it, the tools make us more efficient. And if you are looking for efficiencies in your life, you know, I have students that suffer from anxiety or uh, ADHD, uh, and they're looking for ways to uh, maybe help identify their schedules or figure out ways to do things that have traditionally been a challenge for them and they can sift through some of the ideas that the AI gives them and then see which ones of those they're they're willing to work on and so it really just becomes uh, an idea generator and, and and these kinds of things then can speed up our work and for me these these impersonal kinds of tools have actually ended up causing more collaboration among my colleagues than, than maybe I've had in the last 24 years We've had more conversations about what's really important. What do we really want students to be able to do? How would they show it to us? And, and I think the AI frees us up 
than to have those important conversations with our colleagues, regardless of what field we work in. It's a remarkable book. I hope to have it in my hands very soon. Um, My guest tonight is John Fila. He's the author of Embracing AI, Beyond the Basics Strategies for Educational Transformation. Pick up the book, you guys. Make sure you take a listen. Read it. I don't care if you want to go through it quickly and then go back to it. And You you might have to read this three or four times. Um, John, thank you so much for writing the book. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I will have other questions. I hope I can um, ask for your assistance in the future. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're looking for more information or student guides or teacher guides I've written, those are available on my website, johnfila.com, J-O-N-F-I-L-A.com. J-O-N-F-I-L-A.com. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. Be well. All right, you too. Thanks. I hope to talk to you again soon. You too. Thank you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 